And this is Jake Owen? Yep. This is the guy who's going to be performing at the Stadium Series game. First intermission. This sounds like something that Joe Giglio has in his playlists at the ready at any moment. This has bro country. When I saw the description of Tiki Tonk, not Honky Tonk, but Tiki Tonk. Yeah, the beach, beach theme. Oh, motif. oh goodness. This has to be a Joe Giglio special, right? I, I do like Jake Owen. All right. Well, a little bit later on, you're going to play like the quintessential Jake Owen song, right? Yeah. What's it called? Barefoot Blue Jean Night. Wow. Did Chat GPT write that title? <laughs> did not. <laughs> well, I'm going to have Chat GPT write me a country song featuring lyrics about drinking beer outside my Honda Civic hatchback at the Stadium Series game. So we'll get the same vibe. We're going to use AI for good, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what we're going to do. That Can AI fix do. the Tar Heels, though? Ooh, that's a great question, Joe. That's a great. I feel like I should go in and ask Chat GPT. Hey, how can the Carolina? How can the Tar Heels? How can the North Carolina Tar Heels make more shots? That would be helpful. Sixteen percent from three last night. Look, last night we talked. We talked about this on Monday. Coming out of the coming out of the win against Clemson. It was a good. That's a good response. Yes. Okay. That was a good response by the Tar Heels after a, a tumultuous week, if we, if you will, and, and playing a good team in an embarrassing loss Clemson's to Wake a good Forest. Team. And yeah, Clemson is a good team. But when North Carolina ran Clemson, Clemson ran Clemson out of Chapel Hill, I said, "Nice response. Now do it again." When Miami comes to town, I wasn't confident they could, and I know a lot of North Carolina fans out there were also la- lacking that confidence. And I was right. Tar Heels got put into a box in the second half by the Miami Hurricanes, and they reverted back to the mess that they've been throughout most of this season on offense. The Tar Heels have now lost four of their last five games, 16-10 and 10 overall, 8-7 and 7 in the ACC, and they lack a win against a quad one team. They're now 0-9. Gary Parrish of CBS Sports pointed this out. Teams that have more quad one wins than North Carolina right now, Louisiana Monroe, Dartmouth, Central Michigan, and Eastern Illinois. These are all teams that will not be making the NCAA tournament, and they've got more quad one wins than UNC. And I went to the game last night because I wanted to see if they had lost, how was the vibe going to be? I wanted a vibe check. And, folks, let me tell you, Armando Baycott looks like a guy – who's kind of just broken by this team. And he admitted that they are 100% worried about missing the NCAA tournament. Think about that. Joe, they went into the year as a favorite to win it all. Preseason AP top 25, number one. And now they go into this week desperately needing a win against the Wolfpack to get back on the right side of the bubble. Their best wins this year are State, Duke, and Wake. Those are their best wins of the year. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to get them in right now. No. There's plenty of time left to play their way into the tournament because as Mark Godfrey taught us, everyone has to play their way into the tournament. The, the question for Carolina is, well, what went wrong last night? Though Their two stars were four of 19 from the three-point line. Can you magically fix that? It made me think of Sidney Lowe. You know, there was an experimental three-point line when Sidney Lowe was a player at NC State and back in the early 80s, right, mm-hmm. 83, there was this experimental three-point line. And Jim Valvano used to tell him, you know, 
you you can shoot a three. Terry Gannon can shoot a three. But we don't need everybody shooting threes. We we need the guys who can shoot threes shooting threes. Brady Manick was a guy who could shoot threes, right? Now you got two guys in Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. They're not consistent enough. And what hurts is not having that other option mm-hmm. to carry you the way that Manic did. And I hate to be the broken record here, but you look at the box score from last night. Pete Nance, 0 for 3 from 3. Puff Johnson, who I love, who I, I would like to see, and he got 14 minutes last night. Yeah, but he what, was, did, he, what did he, he do with those minutes? He was 0 for 4 yeah. from 3. So you can, you can get into a situation where you're pressing a little bit too much. And they didn't get enough out of, out of Baycott, quite frankly. 12 points is, is not enough for him. Well, so, that's where you give a credit to Miami. Absolutely, because remember, it's not just you. Yeah, There's another team, and in my opinion, Miami is the best team in the ACC, and I hear you, Virginia. Uh, Virginia, you're going to manage the schedule better than Miami did, but Miami's actually the best team in the ACC. So, about Miami and what they did. Jim Laranega did two things that I thought were impressive last night in Chapel Hill. Uh, the first one was adjusting into the second half. You know, it's funny. We were talking about adjustments. Do they exist? Do they exist, right? Well, clearly in basketball, it's a little bit different than football, as Mike Lennon was trying to illustrate to us yesterday. If you missed that conversation, check it out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, too. It's on the best of the OG. But in basketball, you can kind of see where, where things are going. You can draw some stuff up. And clearly, Laranaga saw, all right, fine. We know you... Carolina adjusted by going inside, driving, making the extra pass, and it worked out and they got in, you know, they got back into that game in the first half. Larinaga said, "Fine, cool. We're going to make it incredibly difficult for you to get the ball to Baycott, make him work for it." Now they have a matchup where they can take advantage of that. Not every team can do what Miami has. Sure. All right. That's an important distinction. So, they made it incredibly difficult for the ball to get to Baycott. And Jim knew they're going to get flustered and they're going to start rushing shots. And that's exactly what happened. I do agree with Hubert Davis, head coach of the Tar Heels, last night when he said the amount of threes is a little bit misleading because towards the end, as they were trying to get back in that game, they're jacking up shots trying to get back into it. But, you know, if they don't miss that many threes early on and if they actually hit their free throws, which has been another issue for this Tar Heels squad in some of these losses where they cannot, they're getting to the line, but they're not making their free throws, which is a problem. Welcome to Free Throw Awareness Month, right? I don't know how you fix that because you can look at the sample size. This is what they are. They are a team that gets easily flustered, and guys like Caleb Love and R.J. Davis stop playing within the offense and playing to what worked. They just start shooting stuff that doesn't need to be done, and that's how you end up in this situation. Yeah, defensively, too, and I know a lot of it, the points at the end of that second half were from the free throw line, but you can't give up 45 points in a half and win. No, no. You know, they scored 72. That should be enough. This is a team with a very small margin for error. It's not a situation that North Carolina's really been in either. You mentioned the bubble. You mentioned being in the NCAA tournament. You know, last year up until that late run that included a win in Blacksburg. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that one. That was one of their first Q1s last year. North Carolina is not normally in a situation where they're trying to fight and figure out what the net is. I remember the first year I covered Carolina, and I was trying to explain some of the issues to Roy Williams. He was like, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking Not in about? a bad way. It's just he just he, His theory was you just win the games that you need to win, mm-hmm. and you worry about the seeding when it gets time to be the seeding. Usually if you play well in the tournament, the conference tournament, probably going to be a number one seed. Now, now North Carolina. These are the things that Roy worried about. And, you know, Hubert's in a different realm right now, and this team with no margin for error. Probably does need to beat State, probably beat Duke again. That that would probably be fine. I mean, they, they don't need to hit the total and complete panic. But I do think the starry-eyed dream of winning the national title 
You know, you probably got yourself a cheap hotel room in Houston last summer. You should probably think about selling that. Yeah, getting a refund. Using it for well, you're not going to get a refund, so you should probably think. Yeah, maybe. Selling. Yeah, I guess maybe you sell it. Here's Armando Baycott uh, on whether or not they're an NCAA tournament team when they have no quad one wins. Yeah, I mean, I believe we're a tournament team, but at the end of the day, we got to show it. What is it going to take these last five games to to actually show it? What do you feel like? I don't know. Just got to win. I don't know. We got to figure something out. Oh, yeah, I forgot that I didn't beat Duke. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, it's fine. And then here's uh, Hubert Davis. He was asked if the team's actually feeling that pressure of, hey, you know, y- you need to win some of these games if you're going to make the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't say that. I, I, you know, I would say that they're upset that we lost a game tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't take it there. I mean, it's, you know, every game against NC State on Sunday and – and we play Notre Dame, and then we play Virginia, and then we play Florida State, and then we close out the regular season with Duke at home. And so, um, you know, we're excited about our effort on Saturday against a really good Clemson team, and we're excited about the challenge of playing against Miami on our home floor tonight. And at the end of the day, we just weren't good enough. That's Hubert Davis last night. I don't view them as an NCAA tournament team. I was actually looking at our friend, Patrick Stevens, he had some updated bracketology at Washington Post. He still has them in. Surprised by that. Pretty sure Jerry Palm has them out now. We talked to Joe Lenardi yesterday, and Lenardi, bracketologist for ESPN, talked about you know the possibility of North Carolina and Kentucky being in, in, in Dayton. However, as Lenardi told us yesterday, it really is kind of dependent on what happened last night, and now we know last night's result. Neither team is in the first Oh, okay. Four. At all this right. moment, because w- Kentucky's not in the field at all. I was going to yeah. say, I don't think and, that. And 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 Carolina, pending tonight's outcome, if they win tonight, they they'll be above the first. Four. Sure. Okay. So there you go. There's Joe Lenardi yesterday. They didn't. So here we are. Well, I mean, I think more than that, though, is it's just they're just not playing well. You know, you lose four or five, and it's like this is the time of the year to get your act together. This isn't the time to sit there and be like. And I don't blame Hubert for whatever he said after the game right there. Mm-hmm. Because what is he supposed to say at this point? Oh no. Right. Yeah, like yeah. how do you save this thing? He's done it all. He gave you the he gave you the what was it, it was yellow flags early. Way, way early. Or, and, like I'm and, talking like the first game and he last gave you the night, yellow flags. Last night he talked about, you know, we're gonna have to find some sort of pivot or sure. tweak or whatever. But to your point, it's a little too late but in also, the game. This is what you are. You know, they're going to play well in Greensboro. I promise you that. All right. They're going to play well in Greensboro. So it's not necessarily Again, it's not about just making it. That's not Carolina basketball. That's not the Carolina standard. Yeah, well. You know what I mean? That's where we that's are. That's the problem. Yeah, that's where we are. It's not about what you just talked about. That, what I said, get in? What I said about Roy not knowing the quads and everything else, it's because they never worried about that because they worry about winning the damn thing. They don't worry about getting in. They don't worry about dating. They don't worry about their seed. They worry, are we going to be on the top box on the last Monday of the season? That's what Carolina worries about. And this team is so far from the top box on the last Monday of the season, it's insane. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline, the Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance, he is Scott Dupree. Scott, it's it's finally happening, man. The, the stadium series is finally going to happen on Saturday. And I, don't, I don't think we could ask for better weather based on the forecast. It's going to be uh, in the 40s. It's going to be clear. It's going to be a lovely night at Carter-Finley Stadium. Well, first of all, don't just immediately jinx the weather forecast because no. I don't enjoy anyone talking about the weather this week, how okay. good it's going to be. I just That's not a good thing to do. Um, so you've probably already jinxed that, but yes, it's finally here. 
And it's been, you know, truly five years in the making. I mean, I remember when Dundon bought the team at his introductory press conference with Bettman at the arena, one of the first things he said was, I wanted to bring an outdoor game to Raleigh. And that has been at the top of Dundon's or near the top of Dundon's priority list for five years now. Of course, mm. it was supposed to be here two years ago, and then it got sidetracked by COVID, as we all know. So it has been a five-year process, and I think it's been Dundon, honestly, just at the start, just hammering away at Bettman and being relentless on bringing an outdoor game here. And, it, you know, after a couple of years of that, it paid off. And now we've had the delay, so here we are five years later. I will say um, I, I've been doing this a long time here in Raleigh. I genuinely don't remember an event that has generated this much um, anticipation and excitement so far out. I don't mean just now. I mean going back to last summer when the Canes last season ended. People have been talking about this event for a solid year, and the buildup has just been pretty incredible in my in my experience, and I don't remember anything like it. And now, you know, after all of the waiting, here we are at, at the doorstep. Scott Dupree joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. You mentioned the delay. You mentioned the event. You mentioned the buildup. Kind of makes me think of the, and you were around for it, makes me think of the NHL All-Star Game mm -hmm. after all of the years and then to have the payoff uh, that they did. And, and I think that's where this market gets underestimated, Scott. Why, why do you think every time there's an <laughs> NHL event, the NHL comes in, it's like, and they're like, this is my shocked face. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Raleigh yeah. and the Triangle are really embracing this. About, I can't believe it. What is <laughs> what is happening? When are we going to get past this? I don't know. Um, I do. I do think this. I think NHL staff, NHL in an NHL world, I believe they know about our track record and they are completely confident on Raleigh embracing it, Raleigh hosting it. Um, these big major events like draft, All Star, and now outdoor game. So I think in terms of event and operations and running the event, they had supreme confidence in Raleigh doing this. I think in terms of ticket sales, they were very leery and very nervous about putting this game in Raleigh. And they were somewhat taken aback in a very you know, pleasant way, in a shocked way of how this game sold out pretty much immediately. And I have heard from the league, not really officially, but unofficially from the league, that this was the fastest sellout they've ever had for an outdoor game. And I think that's the part this time around that really surprised the league and national media observers and people who live in Canada and people who think about Raleigh the way they think about Raleigh, that they were really genuinely surprised at how successful this game has been so far in terms of preparation and ticket sales. And it doesn't, for the Canes and the folks who live here, it doesn't surprise any of us at all. I knew it was going to be a quick sellout, and I know the Canes – felt the same way but i do believe outsiders were not prepared for that scott dupree joining us greater raleigh sports alliance on the heaster automotive group hotline alongside joe Giglio. i'm joe ovias why do you think that's the case i mean I, like to your point it doesn't surprise gary bettman commissioner of the nhl no. he's he's done this enough he's seen enough events here but why do you think why do you think this is still the case with this area as it continues to grow. I mean, there's only, I feel like every week there's some sort of new announcement about a tech company that's moving here or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So why are they surprised that people, there's an appetite for this stuff? I, I don't know. I think we're, we're so far past when I hear that question and, and we've had this conversation so many times with different people over the last several months, first of all, not only are the Canes winning big and not only are the Canes, you know, incredibly selling out every game now. I mean, they're winning big. They've never been more popular. Every game's essentially a sellout. 
Then you look back, Joe, um, one of my favorite stats of the week is the list of teams that have since 2000 in this century that have won a Stanley Cup hosted the draft, All-Star Weekend, and an outdoor game. The list, the entire list is Los Angeles and Raleigh <laughs> that have done all of those major NHL events, including winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I do believe in Gary Bettman's office and in the, the NHL in New York, they are all in and sold and know that the Hurricanes have a really strong franchise and that this market, it's not fair to, to me, it's not fair anymore to say that Raleigh's a good hockey market or Raleigh's an okay hockey market. I believe Raleigh is a great hockey market. And I think we the things I just mentioned prove it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great hockey market. And I believe the league recognizes that and knows it. But why national media or, you know, pardon the interruption or, Canadian media, why they still have the same Mayberry takes. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't answer that question, but um, it's still, it's still out there. Scott Dupree joining us here on the OG. All right, Scott, Friday, I'm excited because I'm going to be downtown. I miss working downtown. What do I have to look forward to when I head downtown to do our show on Friday from the Fan Fest? Well, if I can and come by your office too, right? Of course, of course. For all time's sake, I can just come upstairs and maybe we'll get a beer. No, in and no building. Um, Yes, so Fan Fest is um, an event. Just so we're clear, Saturday's game, the pregame, truly pregame zone in the game, that's an NHL event, and it's all being run and planned and produced by the NHL. Friday downtown, we've got Fan Fest, and this is an event that is run by our local organizing committee and the Carolina Hurricanes and it's um, not an NHL event, but it's a traditional Raleigh. Remember the old Raleigh wide open events? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole length of Fayetteville Street from the city plaza to the Capitol. It's going to be a huge event from 11 a.m. to 9. There's going to be not just, of course, about two stages, lots of music, but also food vendors and events and activities. The Stanley Cup's going to be there. Kane's alumni signing autographs. There's going to be a drone show in the evening, fireworks. It's going to be a full-fledged Raleigh, you know, street fest, the kind that we've had so many times successfully over the years. And again, it's from eleven to nine. The key to this is it's free. I know I was say, you're about to use my favorite words, especially for this weekend. <laughs> right. <I know. laughs> so there's two there's two things on that. I know that there's so many fans who either couldn't get stadium tickets because it was sold out, or it was too expensive because there were yeah. not cheap tickets. So what I think is wonderful about this weekend is Fan Fest from eleven to nine is free for everyone. And then Monday, February 20, which is a holiday for many people uh, on mm-hmm. President's Day, there are two um, hockey games at Carter Finley that are going to be free. So if you want to get in and experience what it's like to see outdoor hockey, at 4 o'clock on Monday is um, the Canes alumni game, their annual alumni game. And at 7 o'clock, it's NC State Carolina club hockey. It's, um, so it's a hockey doubleheader on Monday that's free. I do believe both games will be taking donations at the door. But the bottom line is it's not a ticketed event and it's a chance for everybody to get into the building and see some outdoor hockey. So those are two important free components of the weekend that I think were very important to all organizers, all of our organizers, to make sure we had a significant free aspects to this that's open to the public. 
Well, that's awesome, but you also forgot to mention that we will be at FanFest. Yeah, come on, Scott. That's like the huge draw. I mean, we'll be doing the show from well, FanFest. Just come on by and watch Scott, us do Radio Magic. I thought we so were you're, friends. you're the, the headlining act of FanFest. <laughs> yeah, not Super Chuck. No offense to Mac. It's us. That's, we're going to be out there hanging out. Uh, Scott Dupree, Greater Riley Sports Alliance, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Obias. We'll close on this. All right. Stadium Series finally happens. What's next? You know, what's the next big? What what what's Raleigh shooting for in the future? Now we do a big we do big events right. Uh, we might not have done the World League of American Football right, as I found out in my <laughs> podcast project about the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. We didn't get an NFL team, but uh, but what's next, Scott? Well, that's a good question. I guess you can look at it on two fronts. In in our world, um, you know, we're not going to host uh, the Super Bowl or the Olympics. And we're not going to host the men's final four. Mm -hmm. um, so those are out for this market. But if you look at our world, I would say a couple of things. One, I think we're due to go back to the league for another all-star weekend. I mean, yeah. it's been, it's been 12 years. And if we go back now, it'll be at least another five before we actually get it. So, um, so I think that's the appropriate time span there. So I do think all-star weekend is um, on the table again. Um, to look at that. And then the second thing I would mention is our other big ticket item here, as you know, our signature event or is always NCAA basketball. Mm. And so I, we've always tried with NC State. Chilio, no, Chilio, no, no, sir. You had an unbelievable soccer game this year between Carolina and UCLA. That is your annual. That's your best annual event right there. No, that, was, really? an all, that, really? was, that was an unbelievable game. Yeah. Yeah. Unbe yeah. A great and crowd, an great game. atmosphere. I mean, and you guys, you know, nobody does it better than you guys. So we have lots of college cups lined up for the future. And we've got three more years of men's and women's college cups. On, on the basketball side, we've always wanted to get we, – we'd love to have a regional here, a regional okay. final. And I also think um, – Women's Final Four, the, the conversation of Women's Final Four is going to be on the table again. NCAA bids are coming out again this summer for the next, you know, four or five years down the road. And I'd like us to look at Women's Final Four, Women's Regional, and Men's Regionals. And, of course, as much soccer as we can, as we can get. Okay. All right. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Scott Dupree. Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance, we appreciate the time. Have fun on Saturday and uh, drop by the headlining act of our show. I will um, be at the headlining act Friday. three to six Friday. I will be there. What, and and remember, remember, Friday is rain or shine. And since yeah, you well, jinxed yes. it, we have to be prepared. Yeah. I was looking at the forecast. It looks like a good chunk of stuff will clear out by noon on Friday. So it looks like the Raleigh Weather Dome will activate in time for all of this. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a good day.